You are listening to Talking Home Renovations with a House Maven. Is it time to renovate your house, but you're worried that you don't really know what you're doing? This is an educational and entertaining podcast that will ease your fears. Or maybe you just love hearing about home renovations like I do. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Eastern Massachusetts. On the show, I interview other architects, vendors, contractors, and homeowners to gather tips and stories about home renovations. You can learn about materials, systems, sustainable practices, what to expect, what to avoid, and how to make the most of the money that you'll spend on your renovation. I'm still on break this week, so this is the second repost of a 2019 episode. Last week was lighting design. This week is skylights, all about lights for this season of the year. I interviewed Laurel Furtney of Velux Skylights for this interview, and I really did learn a lot about skylights, and I have wanted one ever since. Hope you enjoy it. You and I were talking recently about skylights and how they kind of have a bad uh, reputation. I mention skylights a lot to my clients, and they say that the, well, first of all, the biggest one is that they leak, which I know we're going to talk about. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's weird because you guys are the no leak um, skylight. So of course you haven't heard about leaking. Um, The the rain's going to be too loud. The sun's going to wake me up. I'm not going to be home during the day. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. Um, Heat loss and that the sun will, will fade my furniture. So yes, let's talk about the leaking first. Okay. Yeah. So um, I pretty much come across this topic. um, uh, You know, sometimes it varies throughout the week, but what I've really figured out is this. The older generation who has maybe had two, three, four homes and have older skylights, they have a negative connotation. Um, some people are like, wow, I, I've, I've had skylights for 30 years and they haven't leaked. And, you know, I feel like the older generation has a little bit more experience with them. And, you know, 20 and 30 years ago, there were a lot of manufacturers that did skylights. Um, a lot of those manufacturers are not around anymore. And maybe it's because the product wasn't performing as they had wished it to be, but we're pretty much the only manufacturer left um, in the skylight game. And we are a worldwide company. We're the largest manufacturer in the world. And we make a really, really good product. Um, So we about 10 years ago, thought to ourselves, you know, we really need to gain the trust back in skylight. So we actually completely remanufactured our skylight um, and gave it a different design. And, you know, with some of the steps that we took, which we can certainly go into if you'd like, but we were able to coin the, the no leak skylight. So meaning it does not matter who puts the skylight in, there's not a bunch of complicated steps to confuse you as long as you nail it to the roof deck and as long as you use some ice and water shield that we give you and as long as you use our flashing kit, you will have a 10-year no-leak warranty. Hmm. What happens after 10 years? Well, there's no necessarily labor warranty involved in it, but we expect these to last 20, 25 years. Um, it's just I think we have to draw the line somewhere as a manufacturer. Right. Just like every company does. I mean, shingle manufacturers, uh, a lifetime warranty doesn't necessarily mean a lifetime warranty. It does get prorated at some point and, and things do weather and things do age and, and skylights are no different. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess kind of to piggyback on that, I also have, I talk to the younger generation and they look at me sometimes like I've never heard that skylights leak. So um, hmm. they've gotten better in the last 10 or 20 years. And I think some of the problems that people are you know used to hearing have, have kind of gone away with time just with a better product. Um, and more reliability. So that that's helpful, but we still need to kind of continue to build the category being really the only national manufacturer left. Um, and we're going to continue to hear those things for sure. Yeah. Some of my clients refuse to believe that they don't leak. So I guess in that case, maybe I have them give you a call. Uh, but really, yeah. what is, yeah, really? I mean, I know that sometimes, I mean, the person you're going to believe is, is usually the manufacturer itself. Um, 
And I can explain to a homeowner who maybe don't have a lot of experience with Skylight, I, I can explain exactly why and make them kind of feel comfortable with some of the basics on, on why these don't leak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the other things that to a homeowner, it does not really matter how water's coming in your house. If they see water, it's leaking. Yeah. And a lot of the times it wasn't leaking. It was condensation. So right. when we used to put these skylights on the roof before we came out with our different design of a no skylight, uh, really what was happening is there was like a really a gap behind our drywall. It was not insulated with any membrane, whether it be ice and water shield or any, you know, insulating membrane that we have now because it didn't exist. So what was happening is that air was escaping through that gap, hitting the back of the flashing, which is aluminum. And if you had some poor indoor air quality, which truthfully, most of us do, we have a lot of humidity and a lot of things going on that we are not aware of because we can't see it. That that humidity was hitting the back of the flashing, uh, warm inside, cool outside, on aluminum, immediately makes water and a a good amount of it, enough that it will drip. And it wasn't necessarily leaking, but to be honest, as a homeowner, I don't know if I would care either. Yeah. So, you know, immediately people were like, it's leaking. And and even though it wasn't, there there were some issues there. So with our new design, we've really been able to combat that as well. Okay. I mean, personally, I think there are a lot of reasons to install skylights. And some people might say the rain would be too loud. And for me, that would be something I would want. I love to hear the rain. So that's just yeah. a matter of taste, I guess. I sure. think at, at night, you can see the stars. That's yeah, a reason. So, I mean, the reasons why we do why we have a lot of success selling skylights and to kind of give people listening an idea, we are growing year over year over year with skylights. Um, More and more people are putting them in two things really have never gone out of style when you're looking to build a home or when you're looking to improve on your home and it's, it's daylighting and fresh air, right? Skylights are the very best way to daylight a space. And if you could just think about it intuitively, our skylights are facing up towards the sun, right? So with doing that, we don't get reflected light. It's not bouncing off of anything like like most of our vertical windows receive light. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting direct light right through the skylights. And we can talk about how maybe people would think that's negative in a minute. Um, but what it does is it, bri- it provides more light, not just to the perimeter of our room, but really to the core of our space. So because of that, we bring in more light with the same size window than if we had a same size vertical window. In fact, about two times as much light. So you can actually um, reduce your glazing and by glazing, I mean glass on your, on your building envelope. And when you reduce glass, you can become a little bit more energy efficient and still achieve all that daylight coming in. So those are really the reasons. And of course, um, we do sell fixed skylights, which means they do not open. But in my opinion, you're taking our product and you're really cutting half of the capability in half because our name is spelled V-E-L-U-X and V is Latin for ventilation and Lux is Latin for light. So if you don't give the, a window the ability to open, you kind of are just getting the light, which is amazing, um, but you can move an incredible amount of air through skylights, really just with the stack effect or the chimney effect. So you have your cooler, lighter air coming through your vertical windows and doors. Hot air rises, which is a true statement, but it's really pushed up by that cooler, heavier air. And now you're creating some airflow in the room, which helps freshen up your space, but can also, given the climate outside, can cool down your space tremendously fast. So those are really the reasons why people still put in skylights today. So kind of to talk about some of the the things that, I mean, I don't hear too much at the rain. Um, people don't like this out of the rain, but kind of to, I guess, if somebody were concerned about that, our, the glass that we use is much better today than we did, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And, and we use a major glass manufacturer that the same vertical, large vertical window companies use. 
And the glass that we use is like a laminated over tempered glass. So it actually is much quieter than it were maybe 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll definitely notice a a difference there. And then talking about the amount of daylight, there are certainly days where even through vertical windows, it is bright. You're getting direct light. You're getting a glare. Maybe it hurts your eyes. Maybe you can't see your computer screen. And through a vertical window, we would just maybe shut our blinds. And we have that same capability with skylights. So a lot of my end users being homeowners maybe have skylights now and they, there wasn't blinds 20 or 30 years ago. Now we have integrated blinds, you know, right in the skylights. Um, and then you might think, okay, well, it's 20 feet off my floor. How do I shut that blind? It doesn't seem very easy. Well, we have them all really, they're battery powered and they're being, um, constantly charged by a solar panel on the outside. So just a little tiny solar panel that's keeping that battery charged. So essentially you can press a button and those blinds will come down or open and you can even schedule them to do so as well. So what I mean by that, and I, I personally have a skylight in my bedroom, uh, for the first two years of my home, I did not, uh, have a blind and it didn't really bother me too much, but now that I have the blind, it's amazing. I won't go back. Hmm. Um, but I have it scheduled to close every night at 7 PM and open up every morning at 6 30. And you know, it's, it's really nice. And on the weekends I do it a little bit later, but you can really have the control to do whatever works where it's best for you. That's awesome. I had no idea you could schedule shades. Yeah. And, and because of that, you get some more energy efficiency benefits where maybe you don't, maybe a human doesn't have the ability or won't remember every night to shut their blind at 7 PM. But in the winter, if we can shut that blind, any window treatment is going to increase the energy efficiency of the window, but we have specific blinds for skylights that actually can increase the the U value or the energy efficiency by about 40%. To be honest, if I had to shut my blinds every night at a certain time, I would not remember to do that. We're living no. people and we don't, we have way more on our plate than that. So the fact that it gets scheduled can ensure that consistently I'm increasing that energy efficiency, especially in the winter time mm. and keeping all that heat in. And I mean, Unfortunately, it's, I think it's like 4.30 p.m. now. It's, it's dark outside. So yeah. I'm not getting the benefits of day, daylight, especially from this time of year. So why not increase the energy efficiency of that window and I'm not losing out on any light? Um, and then in the morning, opens right up. And, and to be honest, the benefits of daylight have been studied for a very, very long time. We, we are mammals. We go to the light. We have all types of analogies. You know, go to the light. You're the light of my life. I could go on and on and on. Hmm. But daylight is really, really important to us as as human beings. And um, I think you'll find really any mammals, why do dogs and cats lay in a patch of the sun when it comes through our windows? I mean, we we really just are, we function better with a certain amount of light, you know, on the day to day. So yeah, truthfully, in the morning, it when, when the blinds open, whether I want to get out of bed or not, it actually helps me wake up a little bit and helps your circadian rhythms and keep them on track. And it's actually kind of nice that I can wake up like that versus a very noisy, annoying alarm clock. Yeah, definitely. What about the snow in the winter time? Does it, you know, if there's snow on the roof, does it just cover the skylight and just you have to wait till the snow melts off? Or is there any way to clear it off automatically? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it also, I mean, I live, I live in Massachusetts as well. And sometimes we'll get a few feet of snow and it might, you know, stay up on my skylight for, you know, a day or two on that's like the heaviest snowstorm. But I mean, those, the skylight is really going to melt the fastest because of the insulating value is just not as great from glass versus your roofing and your uh, insulation and things like that. So it'll come uh, quicker off of the skylight. And we do get sometimes ice damming uh, issues or problems if it's really close to the the edge of your roof. 
but again, that's, we've, we've gotten so much better with how we adhere that to the roof deck that we just see those problems less and less. Right. You'd mentioned that there you have fixed skylights. What other, and I know that you have the solar skylight that you mentioned. And then, so what kinds of, what types of skylights are there available for people now? So we pretty much have three main types of skylights. Um, really the most economical type of skylight is your fixed skylight. It's going to bring in light, doesn't have the ability to open up. And then your next step up from there would, would be what we call a manual fresh air skylight. So it's, it's just how it sounds. You can manually open it. If it's in reach, you'll be able to crank it open with a handle. And most of our skylights, I think over 90% of them are actually out of reach, especially in the United States. So in that case, it would have a little eye hook on the end of it. You would have a pole that you would hook up and, and crank it open. And that's, I think, traditionally what people are used to understanding how skylights open. And then really about um, in terms of we have electric skylights, but also solar powered skylights. So and if you want any type of mechanical skylight, that's what you'd be doing. The electric is got to be hardwired in through your ceiling. So we still offer those, but we sell less and less of those because we have our solar powered skylight, which is really battery powered and like I said, being charged from the uh, solar panel, uh, just a small solar panel on the outside of our skylight that's adhered right to our, our skylight itself and keeping that battery constantly charged. So dollar for dollar, our electric skylight goes for the same price as our solar power skylight. So we see less and less of the electrics being sold because now when you talk about installation, now you need an electrician. So even though it's the same cost per unit, your installation costs are a little bit more. Um, and with the solar Skylight, um, we have the ability to offer through the federal government a tax credit. Yeah. And the tax credit is goes to the homeowner and it's the it's it's ending this year of 30%. But in 2020, if you get them installed, you're looking at a 26% federal tax credit of all of the labor, all of the materials, and the cost of the skylight. So mm-hmm. it's pretty fruitful. It's not we're not talking fifty or a hundred dollars here. It can be a few hundred dollars. And if you have multiple skylights, it can and you're doing maybe a brand new cut-in of a skylight, so one where it doesn't exist now or in a new build, all of the framing, all of the material and labor necessary to get that skylight in is what counts towards the total of where you get your tax credit from. So it can be pretty significant. Yeah, definitely. And something I've been reading recently about skylights is that they have one of the other reasons that I remember growing up, the downside of a skylight was that you're at the grocery store and it starts pouring rain Mm -hmm. and the skylights are open. And yes. that's, that's it. And you get home and it's too bad. But now they have an, a, a sensor, right? And it automatically closes. That's right. So if you have a solar powered skylight or the electric one, because there's mechanicals in there, um, there's a rain sensor right on the outside that if it detects, um, it's really the acoustics of the rain that it's detecting. So if a couple of drops hit that panel, you know, a mist as if we had yesterday with the weather, it's not going to close it, but that's no real risk of getting water in your house. But yeah, it'll close right down. Um, and I have those on my house. And, and to be honest, before I replaced my skylights, which were last summer, I, I would look at my phone every day because I knew the power of it cooling my house and freshening up my house. And if there was any type of rain in the forecast, I would just forego opening it that day. And now, you know, obviously as we get into the winter, I won't open it, you know, unless I have to you know, air out my house. But I would open it every single day, regardless if there was thunder showers in the forecast or not. And we also actually have the ability to um, hook up your skylights and your blinds, given that they're solar power or electric, to an app on our phone. Oh, I love so, those apps. I love the apps on the phone. I know it. I know it. The app is cool. I think some people say, you know what, to be honest, I don't need an app on my phone for my skylights. And in general, with that statement, I would agree with that. But what the app does is it actually monitors um, our indoor air quality. 
there's a piece that's kind of part of a system that we have called Velux Active. This piece is kind of like a thermostat. It sits on the wall um, of this, the room that your skylights are in, and it monitors your temperature, your CO2, and your humidity. Hmm. And we have another piece that's hooked up just to our wall, and it's hooked up through our home Wi-Fi, and because it's connected to the internet, it knows everything. Yeah. And it's, it's really monitoring our outdoor air quality through our local weather station. So those two will communicate back and forth. And let's say uh, your humidity high, uh, rises because your skylight's in your bathroom and you just took a shower. Without you having to do anything but carry on with your day, your skylights are going to open and air out your space. Um, and then um, at the same time, might shade your house. So for example, every day that it was really more than 78 degrees outside and um, and sunny, it would shade my house during the day. When you're right, we're, we're not home. Most of us are working during the day. Um, so I could go without that daylight and uh, it would shade my house for a few hours and keep that solar heat gain down and really kept my house a lot cooler um, than pr hmm. to prior having the blinds. Um, so it automatically, it automatically um, makes the shades go down and yes. shades the house if it gets above a certain temperature? Yes, that's right. Wow. Yep. yep. So, and I can override that. There were some days that I was home, um, the weekends that I'm home, um, if I'm going to be around and I want that light in, I just either go to the remote on my wall, that's a very basic function remote, or I can jump into that app and override it and open them up. But I don't have central air in my house, and I think it's becoming more common that people have air conditioning. Yeah. But is. I really rely on those to kind of cool down my space and I hear sometimes people say, you know, I, I'm never going to open them because I have air conditioning. Yeah. Well, quite frankly, air conditioning does not um, clean out your space. It cools your space. So if we keep our windows and our house locked up and shut up tight all the time, which a lot of people unfortunately do in the summertime, there's just so much going on in our indoor air quality. It's fairly unhealthy. Yeah. It's, it's much better to, you know, open up that space if you can. And, and yeah, there's going to be some days where it's oppressive outside and it's 95 degrees by all means cool down your space, shut your house up, put your air conditioning on. Um, but just like I said before, our warm, hot air is going to rise and it's going to sit at the top of our roof where our skylights typically are. You can use those in conjunction with your mechanicals um, being your air conditioning. If you just think about it, all that warm, hot, out there, up, up, hot air up at the top of your roof has to be conditioned still. And if you just open those skylights for about 10 minutes and let all that hot air out and then close them back down, now your air conditioning is just not working as hard. Yeah, and, no, that's true. And with the very few days that we have here in the Northeast, I know it seems like more than less when we're in those hot days. The majority of the year, you can really rely on those to cool your space um, just because the temperature drops so low at night. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up that that point about air conditioning because it's not a magic no. thing. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, don't I don't have air conditioning, so it could be that perspective where I feel like, yes, there are a few days a year where it is not pleasant at all, mm -hmm. but I think there are ways to manage the heat in your house. But you were saying like the, the, um, the skylights are a perfect example of how you can avoid it. I kind of feel like air conditioning, the more all of us get air conditioning, the worse the situation is going yeah, to be. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, I don't know what to do about that because me not having air conditioning just because of that is only meaning that I am suffering. I don't think it's helping the whole oh, earth. Yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I can feel better about it. That's right. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying replace air conditioning because I have like a window unit in my room and on those hot days I turn it on, but yeah. Yeah. mostly, I mean, and still in the morning, my CO2 and my humidity is higher. So I open up my windows and let it all out and I don't let it run during the day. So 
I mean, everyone's going to, you know, control their home a little bit differently. But my point is, if you're one of those people that has to have the air conditioning running all of the time on those hot days, you know, maybe there's 15 or 20, maybe 30 during the year. Still, I recommend opening up your sky. Let's let that air out. It's still warming up and it's getting hot in your house and then continue to run the air conditioning. Right. That is a very good point. Yeah. If someone's getting a skylight, I would always recommend a shade. Um, yeah, it it should really, I, I wonder if, um, you know, us as a company will move forward. Every skylight gets a shade type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. We're not there quite yet, but it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't. Yeah, definitely. Especially because how much they can improve. Yeah, because then you can control so many of the complaints or the reasons why people don't want it with a shade, you know? Right, yep. And you had, on the topic, you had mentioned um, prior to the us recording here that, you know, people were worried about the fading of their furniture. Yes. Uh, With or without a shade, we use very, very different glass now. So um, probably with the older skylights, we hear that, you know, I'm going to get fading on my carpet or the the uh, furniture is underneath it. Um, the glass, whether you have a blind or not now, uh, blocks 99.9% of the UV rays. So we don't see that regardless of whether you have a shade or not anymore. So oh. that's not, not a concern um, of the new age skylights, if you will. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. good to know. Okay. So I have a section of the podcast called uh, learning from the mistakes of others. And I was wondering if you have any story that might illustrate mistakes that people make that they can then avoid. Have you heard them? Yes, um, I do. So probably the most easily made mistake, it doesn't happen too often, but more than I, I care to go out on job sites, but we have really for residential, what we call unit skylights. So really what people are used to seeing in a residential application, we have two different types. We have what's called a deck mounted skylight. So really, if you have a just plywood on your roof before you have any roofing materials, this skylight gets nailed directly to the roof deck of our skylight. Uh, and then what we have, what's called a curb-mounted skylight. So I always say, if you could picture a shoebox, um, your builder or your carpenter would build um, really just a box out of two by four or two by six, and that makes the bottom of the shoebox. And then our skylight is the very last thing that goes on after you flash it and put all your roofing material around there, and it goes on just like the top of a shoebox. Um, and that curb-mounted skylight is really our low-slope application. So if you have a flat roof, or anything up to a three pitch, which I believe is about 14 degrees, it is required that you use a curb mounted skylight. And that's just to get it up off the roof deck a little bit. Um, We still, if you have shingles on that part of the roof, we still offer a no leak warranty because you can use a flashing kit there. Um, And that will just really flash that curb that that the builder or contractor put there. Um, And then when that skylight goes on, on top, I get the question a lot from owners. Well, how does it, how does it sit on the curb? It's got a it's going to get screwed into the curb, but there's also a gasketing system. So um, think of it as a really good suction cup right onto that curb. Um, in fact, we have very, very few issues with those curb-mounted skylights, let alone any of our skylights. But what happens sometimes is maybe um, we get them used in, in, a, in a wrong application. So for example, we, somebody puts a deck mount on maybe even a flat roof I've seen. Um, And what's going to happen eventually with time is you will get a leak. It might be two months, it might be two years, but eventually that is a, the wrong application. And unfortunately I've gone to, I've gone to homes where this, those skylights that are deck mounts have been put on maybe like just a slow, like maybe like a one pitch, maybe five or 10 degrees. Um, And it kind of speaks to the deck mount of our skylight because it's taken two to three years to leak. Yeah. So that one, it would mean the deck, the deck mounted skylight would go directly against the roof. So there'd be no, 
It's just directly against the roof, which is yes. the bad, wrong application. And that's why it ends up leaking because it's not designed it's not designed yeah. to be lying flat, basically. Right. And there's you're, you're not really shedding water, of course, as quickly as you would on, you know, 14 degrees or greater. Yeah. Um, so um, unfortunately, we try to put we try to put the information everywhere. It's on the box. We have a little uh, a little arrow saying this is meant for this degree of application. And sometimes it gets missed. Um, and to the homeowner, I get it. You don't, you don't probably really care. You have a leaking skylight and you probably paid a lot of money to put it in there. And now you find out three years later, it's the wrong application. And, and you know, you feel kind of cheated from whether it be the person who specified it or the person who put it in or the person who sold it to you. And it's a difficult conversation to have. And really, in, in my opinion, it can be easily avoided. Um, yeah. It's yeah. right. I mean, it's pretty much everywhere in terms of literature on the box online. Um, yeah. but that's, that's probably the most common that someone would have to worry about. So if you can walk on your roof, you need a curb mounted skylight. Uh, right. ge- I would generally. say generally that's a good rule of thumb. And if you're not sure, um, I mean, these apps on our phones, we have these pitch calculators. You can literally download an app for free, put it on your roof and it'll tell you exactly what the, the degrees is there. So yeah, if it's, um, if you think it's, in your mind, low at all, at least put that pitch calculator up there. And I sometimes get contracted. Well, it's just slightly below 14 degrees. Okay. doesn't matter. The, the, uh, the degrees don't lie. You need to use a curb mounted skylight yep. so that you have the best performing um, skylight that you can have. Now, just thinking about it, you could use, I mean, in theory, you could, you could air on the other side and use a curb mounted skylight on a pitched roof and it wouldn't matter. Right. I mean, it would still, that's right. So that's right. You yeah, can't we can go, go wrong to in that about, direction. We can go up to about 60 degrees with a curb mount. Um, so yeah, we see we see curb mounts because sometimes we have um, a lot of deck mounts that are the same size as the curb mounts that we offer, but there are a few that overlap that we don't offer. So sometimes people maybe are replacing an old um, manufactured skylight and we and you know, let's say it's a, a 10 pitch and it's a fairly steep roof. We don't have a curb mount. I'm sorry, a deck mount in that size. So they just put a curb mount in there and you can do that. That works. Okay. Well, that's good to know too. Yeah. Well, it seems like skylights have come a long way since the seventies when I sat underneath (laughs) leaking into pots around me skylights, Mm -hmm. but these were also on the vineyard in an old building that who even knows why they were leaking so much, but just in my mind, I mean, I think a lot of people have memories of that from a long time ago and these skylights have come a, a long way. And I'm really excited about the apps that you can use to control. I'm just excited about apps that can control your house from anywhere anyway, but it can really customize the skylights for what we need them to be. Oh, absolutely. And I'll kind of say one last thing Um, for anybody who listening that maybe is needs to replace their skylights or is thinking about skylights. Skylights are no different than any other product that we have in our house. They have a shelf life and eventually they need to be replaced. Um, I don't know why skylights are kind of lived by a certain rule, but if anybody else had a old slider door or a front door or a vertical window or another kind of opening in our envelope of our house that was starting to age and maybe showing signs of failure and signs of leaking, they would not hesitate. They would just replace that type of window or door. And for whatever reason, skylights are living in a different rule book because as soon as people see, oh my God, that thing's a piece of crap. We got to board it up. No, it's just, it's probably showing signs of of failure. Um, And really to give people that are listening an idea, I would say anywhere from 20 to 30 years, maybe 35 years, that's really the average life of a skylight. But kind of good rule of thumb, and at least for replacement, is if you're replacing your roof 
which roofing has also come a long way. A roof is a system on your house and it keeps your house breathing. It's like a living organism. Um, and skylights are very much a part of that roofing system. So you cannot put a brand new roof around a 25-year-old skylight or even a 30-year-old skylight and expect it to last much longer. Mm. So really, you got to replace the two together and let them kind of coagulate together um, as part of your roofing system because, because that's what they are. So I do get a lot of calls after somebody re-roofs their house. They got this brand new roof on their house. It's going to last 30 years with a 30-year-old skylight. And I've been trying to find a really, really good analogy. Um, but the best I've kind of come up with is, let's say you're driving a 25-year-old car. You know, it's, it's fairly reliable, but it's showing signs of wear and tear. So you say, you know what? I think I'm just going to replace that windshield on my car, and then I'm going to keep cruising. It doesn't really work like that. No. You can't. There's a lot of parts and pieces on the skylight. Um, it's really best. So you're going to get the, the best use out of it. And um, if you just kind of replace the whole thing when you need to. Okay. I feel like a lot of my skylight questions have been answered. So hopefully Good. our listeners feel the same. Um, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope you subscribe to this podcast. If you don't, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And if you have time to write a review, that would be so helpful. Please contact me for any reason at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. I love to hear from people. You can also join my Facebook group, which is Talking Home Renovations Together. And I'm on there with a bunch of people who have also been on the show, have been guests on the show, and other architects and homeowners and contractors. And so we can just talk about whatever issues people might have right there in the Facebook group. If you're on Clubhouse, come join me 10 a.m. Eastern, Saturday mornings. There is so much information on my website, which is TalkingHomeRenovations.com. Head over there for transcripts, episode enhancements, other information. You want to be a guest? That's where you'll find that information in the application. This podcast is a member of Gable Media, which is the largest AEC network on the planet. Check out the other content on the network at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. This podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care.